Well, welcome this morning. My name's Terry Wood. I'm one of the pastors here at Cornerstone. And um, just on behalf of the parents who entrusted your kids to us this week, thank you so much. It is a privilege uh, that we have every year to have uh, your children for five days. And um, the prayer of many of you who were praying for us throughout the week, uh, we just really experienced uh, the power of the Spirit of God working in our lives as we interacted with each other, as God protected our children, and just as His Word went forth uh, in our Bible teaching time, in our missionary time, and even in our water games. So, uh, but thank you for doing that. Um, I also wanted to just uh, remind us this morning, if, um, you know, if kids, you all haven't realized that your parents are with us this morning in church, and so they may be a little restless, and we had coloring sheets for them to pick up on their way in, so if your parents get a little wiggly or maybe they get a little loud, it's just parents, okay? They'll get over it. You won't bother anybody behind you, okay? We're just going to take a deep breath this morning. We're going to celebrate as a family of God in here. We are going to look at God's Word. In fact, I'm going to have Zach come up, a buddy of mine. Zach Gross is going to come up. And we're going to pick up on um, this month. We're talking about prayer, and Todd's uh, brought two messages on prayer this morning. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to be reading verses 14 through 21, which is a, a, a prayer that Paul has for those believers there in Ephesus. And so we're going to be uh, talking through two things that Paul includes in that prayer for those believers that I think today would be two things that we should incorporate in our prayer as we pray for each other, the body of Christ. Before we do that, before Zach reads, let me pray for us. Well, Father, thank you for a great week that we experienced your presence among us and in us that we were challenged by your word, that we were um, encouraged in our faith as we got to share with a lot of your children the beautiful grace and love that you give to us. And so we're so thankful for that. This morning, would you make my thoughts clear and would you help me to speak truly what needs to be heard this morning and no more no less. Lord, may I offer up my heart and my mind to you right now, that you would renew it, and that you would encourage us through your word, and encourage us through even fellowshipping and rejoicing with those we call our brothers and sisters, and even more those that you call your sons and daughters. So thank you for your presence this morning in our lives and your presence here in this building, and we pray that we would honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. You own Zach? For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family, in heaven and on earth, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp just how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. What if, what if you could ask God one thing, anything from God, what would you ask? Say out loud. Think about that a second. What would you feel like would be the most important thing that you could pray and ask God for? Well, Paul, he's going he's gonna to think about this. In fact, he considers the two things that he's going to include in his prayer as probably the most important things that believers can have happen to them in their life. The first one is Paul's going to pray that they would be strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within them. Now, that's, that's probably not typical of our prayer every day. We tend to go more toward things that we can see or uh, things that apply to either healing or things that are more outward, more things that we can see with our, uh, with our eye. What Paul begins is, no, he's praying for this supernatural power, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us to be strengthened. And then the second request he's going to make is that this same spirit be strengthened so that we can understand and comprehend God's love. So let's look at those two requests this morning. The first one is the power. God gives us the power. Now, children, here we go. All week long, we learned about God's power, right? On Monday, we learned that God has a power to provide. Tuesday, we learned that God has a power to, to comfort. That's right. On Wednesday, we learned that God has a power to heal. On Thursday, we learned that God has a power to forgive sins, right? And then on Friday, we learned that God has a power to to love us forever. What Paul is praying for the Ephesians is that they, they would have this help, they would have this power that would help them live the Christian life. You see, when he prays that they would be strengthened in the inner part of their man through the Spirit, here's, here's what that means. It means this. Before I had a relationship with Jesus Christ, before I placed my faith in Him and trusted Him to be my Savior, I was just Terry. And inside of me was my old nature. Inside of me was what I was born with, which was Adam's nature. And it was just sin all over. And then when I trusted Christ, a miraculous thing happened. God became to dwell within me. God set up a house, so to speak, a temple 
in me. He began to live in me through his Holy Spirit. No, Jesus didn't come off the grave and come into my life. No, God through the person of the Holy Spirit came to live within my inner being. This is what Paul's talking about when he says that they would be strengthening in their inner men. See, there's this, there's this inward man in each of us. And what Paul is saying is that's where the Spirit of God dwells. And though this outer man, our skin and flesh and bones, can get old, can waste away, right? Can become brittle. I'm learning that more and more. And can become bald, right? As our body gets older and wastes away, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that though my outward body, my outward man is wasting away, my inward man can be spiritually renewed. Well, how can my inward man be spiritually renewed? Paul is saying, by the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Paul saw that this was one of the most important things that he could pray for those believers in Ephesians because he knew that we have the tendency to rely on our own power. He knew that as believers, because he experienced it, he went throughout churches, he was in great services, he was telling people about Jesus, he was watching miracles happen. And then the next day, he would look to his right and the buddy that was with him the day before wasn't there anymore. He left. He left the faith. He, he left the ministry that, that Paul was a part of. Why? Well, the Spirit never dwelled within him. Because Paul is saying, Lord, what these people in Ephesus need more than anything is the power of your Spirit to strengthen them in the inner man so that they can come to a fullness of you, of God, in us. I think many of us today, we've learned to rely on our power. We've learned to rely uh, in this battle uh, against our nature. We've learned to rely on ourselves. And uh, I've heard the illustration before about this inner man the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And He has the ability to taste, to see, to feel emotionally. In fact, we need to exercise Him. We need to feed Him. We need to feed Him the truth of God's Word. And as we feed Him, He becomes stronger and stronger within us and through us. An illustration that I heard one time was, it's kind of like there's two dogs living within inside of us. And the one you feed the most is obviously the one that's going to become the strongest. And I think for a lot of us in our life, we learned to feed the, the nature that we live in. We learn to feed ourselves more than we feed the Spirit of God. And that's what Paul is emphasizing here in his prayer. Okay, so this prayer is, do you guys kind of follow that? Because this is what makes me different than my neighbor who doesn't have a relationship with God. This is it. 
It's not how I dress. It's not even how I talk or how I act. It is the spirit of the living God dwelling inside of me. That's what makes me different. When I say I'm a Christian, that means Christ is in me. And so Paul is saying, because Christ is in us, we can't live it on our own power anymore. We have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Now look at the second thing he prays. Verse 17, he prays that these believers in Ephesus will be strengthened with power so that they can comprehend the love of God. The word comprehend is the same Latin word there for apprehend or grasp. See, it's one thing that we know a lot about something, right? And it's even another thing that if we experience a little more about that thing. But what Paul's praying for is that the two would collide. That our knowledge and our experience would cause us to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit so that we would just not know about God's love. We would just not read it in the Bible. We would just not hear it in prayers, but that we would experience God's love. Follow me there? Okay. Paul prayed this because he knew that if we had this limited view of God's love, that it would stunt our growth spiritually. In fact, he goes on to say later on that this love produces in us the fullness of Christ in verse 19. But if we don't, if, if the Spirit of God doesn't allow us, right, to understand this love that Paul can't even explain. He's trying really hard, but he can't even explain it in four dimensions. If, if he's having such a hard time communicating that and explaining it, that's why he's praying, Holy Spirit, give them the power to understand your love. Here's kind of what I mean. This happened probably to uh, most of us. Definitely happened to me. When I first heard about God's love, I wasn't born in a Christian home. My mom was a believer, but um, we didn't go to church. She did. But it was 17 years of age before I went to a church. And the first time I went in that church, I heard about God's love for me. Now, as I heard a couple of people talk and, you know, there was some songs sung about God's love, did I really know everything I needed to know about God's love? I didn't, did I? But it was a beginning point, right? It, it was a... It was kind of like that moment that, that when the little light comes on. It was the introduction for me to begin to understand that the God of the universe loves me and He created me for His love to be shed upon. But as I began to read the Bible, as I began to talk to other believers, as I began to be a part of Bible studies and begin to hear their word being preached, my faith began to take root, as Paul says. It was rooted and grounded in love. Because the more that I knew about God's love, the more it was being experienced in my life. And I think for us, 
And what Paul was praying for the, Ephes- the Ephesians there is that for most of us, in a given day, how often do we really stop and at least fix our minds on the love of Christ? It's a difficult battle. The busyness of life, the distractions that come. And Paul's saying, oh, Holy Spirit, help them to know the love of Christ. Second thing, I think the reason why Paul offers this petition to God is that he knows that a misunderstanding of Christ's love will cause us to be confused about his love for us. And there'll be this this temptation for us to compare love to what we've experienced in our life. Follow me on that? Let me break it down this way. Paul is fully aware that because Jesus Christ's love is so huge, that if the Holy Spirit doesn't give us the power to understand this, we will settle for a lesser love. Have you settled for a lesser love than God this week? Have you been a drawn to maybe a relational love on a horizontal level? Have you taken something that God maybe had given to you and he really wanted you to wait and it was lesser than God's love? Did you try and become satisfied with food or other things that you felt like either you loved or it loved you? Food doesn't love me. Right? And so, what Paul is praying is, he's praying against us misunderstanding because he knows our tendency is that we will run after a cheaper, lesser love. Many of us, you've experienced in your life. I've experienced in my life. As much as I love my wife, my wife's love for me is not equal to God's love for me. And when I choose to receive that love from her over the love that God has for me, I will be disappointed every time. Because only God's love will completely satisfy. And this is what Paul is praying for those believers there. You see, we base a lot of our love on our human relationships. Children, if I were to ask you today to tell me if your family loves you, if your mom and dad really loves you, you could probably start a list and it would start going and it would start going and you would be so delighted, you would be just so excited to talk about how many ways and it would really be hard for you to gather them all up and put them on a sheet of paper. But then two or three days later, after you and your little brother or you and your little sister had a little squirmish, Or maybe mom and dad didn't let you watch a TV program you wanted to watch. And then I asked you, hey, do you know your mom and dad love you? The list probably wouldn't be near as long, right? Might be a little shorter on the list. Why? Because we're so conditioned of how we view love on a level of human love. We base it on ifs. We base it on if you do this or if you don't do this. We base it on maybes, right? 
Those of you who are out of school, you remember in third grade. Come on, men, you remember. Third grade, you saw that little beautiful girl over there next to you, two rows over in class. You wrote that note, will you go steady with me, circle yes, no, or maybe? That's the maybe kind of love right there, right? We, we, we condition ourselves to measure the love in this world to God's love. And Paul knew that there would be this great competition that the enemy would have, that he would release an onslaught of all of these imitations of God's love for us that would keep us powerless, that would keep us stunted in our maturity and in our growth in the Christian walk. It's kind of hard to imagine love without conditions, isn't it? But God's love was expressed to us way before we ever thought of loving Him. God's love is the only reason we exist. Think about that. It is the why of creation. You ever wanted to answer the why of creation? It's us. Why is it us? Because God's love, just like any love, demands an object. Therefore, we are created. Now, this blows my mind. We are created, right, as the objects of God's love. He looks down at me, and he created me so that I would be the object that he could pour his love into. See, we don't get that, do we? The, the world is about us. But when we stop and think that we are objects that God created so that he could put his love into us. That redefines love based on condition, does it? Reminds us that his love is unconditional. You see, this is why Paul was so adamant about praying this prayer. And this is why we this morning, we need in our prayer times, this is a great request to offer up to God. That we, that your leaders here at the church, we would love this prayer. That every day you would pray that I would be strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit and that the power of that Holy Spirit would allow me to experience the love of God. I can't imagine any other prayer that would be more important than that for me. Because you see, Paul was convinced, and I'm convinced, because I've seen this work in my life, that if I am understanding God's love and I'm allowing him to appropriate that love to me life may not be easy life may not be without difficulties but it's a great reminder that I'm loved by the creator the God of the universe and I don't need really anything else but to know that Paul also knows that God's love is so incredible and for us to comprehend all of it, all the time, it will be a miracle. You see, nothing can hold a candle to God's love for us. 
Think about your first love. Maybe thinking about your family's love. Going back to what we talked about earlier with the, with the illustration that we measure love on the horizontal plane. And yet what God has given to us is this incredible love that Paul will not even be able to explain. In fact, he's going to say here in verse 18 that they may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and, and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. His love surpasses our knowledge. I want you to stop a minute before we close. Because I think this is a real threat to us as believers. I think our lack of the capacity in our own flesh to understand God's love in its fullness to us causes us to not mature in our faith. Causes us to like sin a little bit too much. Causes us to not think of others more than ourselves. Causes us even maybe not to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think this is a huge threat for all of us who would call ourselves believers today. And I think one of the things that I would like for you guys to join me in doing is throughout our day, just stop. Just find a moment. I know it's really hard throughout the day, but find a moment and begin to think of all the ways in which Jesus Christ has demonstrated his love to us. Let me do that for us right now. Just, just in the quietness of this moment, let me read just a few, just a, a small portion of God's love toward us, to his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he's died in our place and has paid the wages for our sins. He has brought us into a right relationship with God. He has canceled the penalty for our sin. He has given us the gift of His Holy Spirit, confirming that He lives within us. He has granted us eternal life. He has promised us a new body throughout eternity. He has made us a part of the family of God, and we inherit all the blessings He has promised throughout the Bible. He has given His righteousness to us, making us righteous. He has risen from the dead, conquering the power of death and sin in our lives. He has written us into his grand story of human history. Now let me confess a sin to you this morning. As I prepared this all week, I wrestled through, oh, it's another message on the love of God. Don't they hear that enough? Don't we hear the love of God enough? And I was tempted to, to kind of go away from that. I was tempted to say, no, I'm going to try and bring some th stuff to them maybe that they've never heard before. And that quick, that quick, I was willing to sell out a full understanding of God's love for a lesser love. And God directed me all week back to himself. And he said, Terry, this is a love that you need to proclaim to the people today. This is the love 
that the Apostle Paul prayed that the Ephesian believers would get. And not only they would get it, but it would change their lives. Because Paul finishes his little prayer there by saying, the breadth and width of this love, it includes all mankind. And it's wide enough to cover our sins. In fact, the length of it is enough to last through all eternity. It began before the foundations of the world were formed, and it will last through all eternity. That's what we learned on Friday, kids, right? God's love will last forever. And the height of it, it's infinite. You can't ever reach it. It reaches to the heavens. And the depth of it is deep enough to reach to the lowest of all sinners. And this is what we learned on Thursday in Vacation Bible School, that God has the power to forgive us of our sin, and in Friday that God has the power to love us forever. And that's Paul's prayer for us today. And I would challenge you this week in our prayer lives that you would pray for other believers, that they would have the power to be strengthened in the inner man, and that they would have the power through the Holy Spirit to comprehend the love of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your love for us. And we don't deserve it, and we can't earn it, but it's lavished upon us by a loving Creator that we're ever indebted to. And we thank you, God, this morning that we can rejoice in that love, that we can know through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that our sins are forgiven and that this love that he demonstrated by giving of his life allows us to receive eternal life in him. So we thank you for that. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand with us as we sing this next song? If any of you, if there's anyone out there this morning, and I know uh, it's a special treat for me this morning because uh, two of my children are being baptized this morning, but if if you've never experienced the love of God, and this morning the, the Spirit of God is drawing you to himself. We'd love to talk to you up here in the front. We would love to have you understand what that means. And then in obedience, we would love for you to follow that through in a commitment to be baptized. For others, if you've not been baptized, this morning would be a wonderful morning to drive that spiritual marker in the ground and say, it was the closing week of VBS 2015, and that's the marker that I put the spiritual marker that I'm a new child and I'm a part of the family of God. And I'm demonstrating and declaring that to you because I'm choosing to be baptized and be a follower of Christ. Thank you.